0: Italians bleed family. And what better not than promote a family-run business? Ceriso Cupcakes is owned by Kimmy Hassel, my cousin who is also a St. Thomas graduate. She played softball here, two-time All-American, and also makes incredible cupcakes over at cerisocupcakes.com. That's S-O-R-R-I-S-O-cupcakes.com.
1: This is President Sullivan, and I appreciate being a part of the Back Pocket Podcast.
0: Welcome to the first podcast of August. The date is August 7th, 2017. Let's get after it, life a match. Here we go.
2: Hey, uh, uh, great to be back. You know, we were on a long vacation. Um, our last podcast for our, all of our listeners, obviously, was um, basically an interview. And I'm sure you guys missed us. You had a little bit of separation anxiety from the guys in the back pocket. Um, but we're here. And uh, what better way to start up than we always do with an average quality?
0: Oh, yeah, this one's going to be interesting because just yesterday we watched uh, Harry Potter Sorcerer of Stone because Decal had just finished the first book in early early summer he started it in yeah, like april yeah. finished in may Ooh, no no see you see that
2: no i so okay. i after my sabbatical my month-long sabbatical mm-hmm. i went to london and we went and looked around all the cool harry potter places like the nine and three quarters at king's cross um you know the market where he walks with haggard to buy his books and stuff and you know so i was you know i was interested i had no idea what was going on um however i then decided oh maybe i should start reading the book so i picked up the first book uh in February, and then didn't finish the first book until May. Okay. So it took me three months basically to read the first book with school and everything. So reading the whole series, I'll probably be thirty ish by the age thirty by the time. Eight I years finish. or so, yeah. Yeah, by the time I finish the whole series, but nonetheless, in May I finished the first book nice. and we watched the movie yesterday.
0: Uh, what's your thoughts on the movie? How'd you like it compared uh, well, to the
2: book? You know, so compared to the book, I thought. Um, you know, they missed a few things, which is fine. Um, but I, the whole book to me seemed a little more childish because like more for kids, which that it is versus the movie, which, was the movie, like which is a lot. W- yeah. Which is a lot more of a dark movie. I did not realize Harry Potter was as dark as it is because the book, you know, it's got like size 12 font reading. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, pretty easy read. Nothing too difficult for me. Times New Roman. Yeah. Times yeah. New Roman, nothing cr- double spaced, mm-hmm. um, one inch margins, you know, so nothing crazy, but, uh, the movie was fantastic. What Come was your on. favorite part? Um, my favorite part was... Oh, when so when they're going back, or when they're uh, going to, to the Sorcerer's Stone and going through all the stuff. Spoiler but, alert. Yeah, spoiler. Ooh, big spoiler here. Yeah, 17 for, years later. 17 years later, we are releasing the spoiler to the first Harry Potter. So um, on their way to the Sorcerer's Stone, uh, Harry and the gang, uh, they get stopped up at a chess match and you know i absolutely love chess you know, wizards chess wizards chess not your normal chess let's be uh let's be real with that mm-hmm. and you know i just want to give a shout out to ron for being the true harry potter series hero and uh, you know enabling ron and hermione to advance Um, Well, actually, no, just Ron. Or not Ron. Harry.
0: Enabling Harry to advance. Yeah, he's like, he's sitting on the knight, and he goes, advance to H3. And he just slides on into H3, and the queen takes him. But then Harry slides in and takes the king. Yeah. It's game over. Yeah, checkmate. 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 But uh, that transitions to our average quality, which uh, we're savvy chess veterans because we both were at chess club. In elementary school. Yeah, so if you, I mean, most
2: of you probably have looked it up by now, but my senior quote and, like, my little yearbook um, uh, stats from high school is, uh, you know, I played football, I played lacrosse, but I was also uh, part of chess club at uh, Regis Jesuit High School. Something uh, I hold on to, I was there, uh, there for both uh, junior and senior year of high school. So, how yep. about you, Andrew?
0: I only did an in elementary school. It okay. was from first to fifth grade. Wow. And I learned right away, and I felt like I knew all the nuances, so I just... Stopped Chess Club and did it as a hobby after that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I, I actually had a chess.com account for quite some time. That was kind of my pregame ritual for in high school. I would uh, play chess focus mm-hmm. my mind. The
0: uh, main reason why I played chess, though, was it was in the mornings before school started, and they always brought donuts. No.
2: Oh, so, so big donut guy. Big for donut people guy. who don't know mm-hmm. Andrew or AI, he, he's a big donut guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you bring donuts anywhere, he'll eat them yes, 100%. Probably too. Um, so, you know, just... Touching on our ch- uh, chess savviness a little bit, uh, the Librarians'
0: rule—you know that one—is um, that well, when the you... Librarians' move, not the rule. Is that when you switch the uh, the rook with the king because they haven't moved yet? Oh,
2: that's a good one. Okay. I don't know what that one's called, okay. so we'll have to do our research on that. But the Librarians' move—oh no, no—it might be the Scholars' move. I'm not sure what it's called, but it's where you... it's the quickest checkmate in the game. Hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. Or the queen, so. You move your pawns, this is good podcasting by the way, you move, uh, you move your pawns, you take one of his out, and then your queen uh, can slide then to take out the king. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a quick one. Gotcha. So.
0: Always, Yeah, I usually try to set up like that to start. Yeah, mm-hmm. never works. Never Because people are like, okay, i got to match your pawn. Otherwise, yep. if you don't match your pawn, they go out and you take them immediately, boom. Yep, one. gotcha. Okay, sweet. And that was talking chess with gaps in the back pocket. So trapping the puck and transitioning to what we got in the future. So we're going to give you a quick look... Of what we're gonna hit in the upcoming weeks because camp is quickly approaching. That's gonna start football on, camp. Football for all camp. The people who mm-hmm. that. That's gonna start on August twelfth. So we'll have one more real podcast released on the fifth. Technically, the fifteenth will be recorded probably pretty earlier than that. Or the fourteenth. Fourteenth, yeah. Fourteenth um, is our next. Part. And that will be with Mister Jensvold, which is going to J- Jensvold. Jensvold. I screw that up every time. <laughs> Jensvold. 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 And um, that's gonna be cool because our first guest was Mallory Jensvold. Uh whose father we will be interviewing Correct. for podcast and number
2: 19. Her father is my boss, who I interned with his company uh, all summer, and so we'll, we'll, we'll be able to touch in on that. Um, but other things that we'll be looking into um, this next month, basically from now till September, is we're going to be doing Camp Diaries. So what that is going to consist of is basically um, Andrew and I's experience with football camp this year. Um, We're going to be interviewing all kinds of football guys, you know, insider information. Um, We're going to be getting some freshmen on. Uh, who don't really know uh anything so that'll be really fun yeah they're gonna be close um
0: wh- who else should we get on who 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 should we really focus on maybe trying to get on the podcast during that time yeah some savvy vets okay mix in with your average okay savvy vets and okay maybe some not savvy vets mm, yeah so we're gonna get three tiers yeah so yeah we're gonna get the th-
2: the triple threat yep is the, the not savvy the savvy and the Chained to Savvy Vets. So. Yeah.
0: so that'll be... We'll try to do at least three of those a week. We'll yeah. see. We really don't know how it's going to play out or how it's going to yeah. work because with our time commitments, but we're going to verbalize right now that we're, our attempt is going to be three per week minimum. Uh, our verbal handshake with you guys is uh, three per week, so Sweet. we'll work on that. And they're not
2: really going to be edited episodes. We're not really going to have any time to polish it up for you guys, make it sound all nice. Mm. It'll still sound nice because, you know, as podcasters, we sound nice all the time. Um, but uh, yeah, so they're just going to be shorter episodes, I'm sure. Um, and there'll be quick hitters
0: and you'll, so just keep your eyes peeled. It's going to be great. So that's going to be the middle of August till September. And then we're going to roll out back to September where we'll be hitting normal podcasts back around the start of school. And that brings us, uh, a quick surprise to all of our marketing interns. We are in the works of having president solvent back on the the recurring guest.
2: Uh, so, um, the July, July 27th was her birthday. Um, I did not talk to Andrew about this previous, but I sent her an email. Um, I, I tagged her secretary in it and Andrew in it you know told her happy birthday uh, told her the guys from the back pocket were thinking about her and you know the school year's coming up you know I, I gave her my sales pitch and she she's all in so we're gonna get President Sullivan back on at the start of school she's gonna give uh, some great advice to freshmen uh, maybe some uh, party tips uh, for the beginning of the year uh, probably not though we'll see and then uh, another thing that we're looking to do is uh, kind of diversify our podcast so um We've had, traditionally we've had a lot of girls on the or not a lot of guys on the show. It's been uh, pretty much a Don't dude Don't sell us ourselves
0: short though. We've Okay. Had a, we, we've had two sets of parents on. We've had Dr. Pritchard, President Sullivan, Mallory. So actually we've done very well. With, not as well as we should be doing, but we're going to try to be better.
2: Yeah. So with our efforts, we are going to try and get more women on. Um, so calling all marketing intern women, uh, and also... Uh, that includes... That includes, so, yeah, correct. Um, we're diversifying our podcast, and with that, we are getting on the St. Thomas dance team. Um, that We plan on breaking the Guinness record, World Record of uh, most people interviewed at one time. So we're trying to maybe get 12 to 13 people in here. I don't know how many we're actually going to interview, but if we can get them all in the den... Washington Capital, I'll be really excited for that. Me as well. Um, another one. Uh, so back to my sabbatical, my January sabbatical. Everyone loves when I talk about my sabbatical. Every every podcast, every podcast, you know, I got to bring it up. It's mm-hmm. Very very relevant in my life. Yep. Um, so it, for for the people who don't know, I was the only guy on my sabbatical in January, my J term, and we had a theater class in. Um so all the girls from that trip I called the Decals Bad Girls Club. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they were kind of this elitist group um that were friends with me and we hung out a lot. Um I'm not a pimp, just to go ahead and put that out there. Um just is a, yeah, this, just to clarify. Um you know, we are the ba- they are the Bad Girls Club and they they really represent it. So, we're going to have them on the show as well and I think it should be around 5 to 6 girls. So, I'm very excited for
0: that. Right on. And then probably our last plug of the afternoon will be ricky from marshall liquor you know he's the guy at the counter at our local liquor store yeah, that we the seem long, to
2: the long asian hair man at uh marshall liquor a lot of you are familiar with him mm-hmm. um not a lot of people know a lot about him so we're gonna go ahead and bring light to that and uh you know do do our research as much as we can and you know that we're very much looking forward to that one as well right on so that concludes our little future Look into uh, the yeah, little ball. Little ball. Oh, yeah. Really excited for mm-hmm. that. Um, so let's go ahead and transition. Uh, so where have we been the past co- the past two weeks ever since this last episode? Well, AI has been in uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and I was in Denver. So You're also AI, in Cheyenne. I was also in Cheyenne. So AI and I were in uh, Wyoming, not at the same
0: time, but kind of at the same time. Wyoming as a state, initial thoughts. How beautiful. It's mm. It's massive. I didn't realize how big it was. It is big. Yeah, it's Jordan was six hours away from me, so we couldn't meet up, which was kind of a bummer. Yeah, and, and
2: I was probably seven or eight hours away from you in Cheyenne. So Cheyenne's like just off the border, and I'll tell you what, my I've been to Cheyenne four years in a row now. Um, every time I go, uh, you know, Cheyenne is pretty much underwhelming every time. Mm-hmm. It's uh, very flat. It's very average. Um you know, not really somewhere where you want to settle down. Cheyenne, specifically. Okay. I know Jackson Hole is unbelievable because yes. they have mountains and everything. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, if, you, you, if you're if you living anywhere outside of Jackson Hole or anywhere
0: by the mountains, just don't because it's not. Yeah, it. We spent the majority of our time in the Grand Tetons. Okay. And they were gorgeous. Um, just hiking, um, fly fishing, whitewater rafting. Wow riding some horses, went to a rodeo. Ooh, so you went to the rodeo. Any mutton busting this year? There was this crazy thing where they called out every single child under the age of 13 to come down into the uh, mud, wherever, you like know. the pit? Into the pit. And there must have been 250 of these children on the on, in the mud. And they're like, all right, we're going to bring out two sheep, and there's going to be a little bandana tied around their neck. And first one to get the bandana <laughs> is going to get a prize. And they had, like, the ones that are seven and... Seven and younger go and step in front of the older ones. Uh-huh. So there was two tiers, and then they let the sheep out, and and they blew the whistle. The first group, the, like seven, the 7 years, year old all, yeah. they ran for like a second, and then they blew the second whistle, and then the whole stampede just... You couldn't even see the sheep at one point. They were just bombarded with all these children. Oh my it was a mob scene. So
2: kid with the lowest pad level won, because you know, my first thing, my first instinct you know, being a uh, kid with low pad level would be mm-hmm. to just totally lay out the sheep with the
0: bandana. Untie it and go. So, I don't know how
2: everyone else did that, but that would be my go to.
0: Yeah. Unbelievable. It, they, it was surprising who won. They were really small. I don't know how they beat out the big, <laughs> yeah, big just, They probably jumped on and mutton busted. Yeah. They, they weren't as good away. as I was. They didn't have a life jacket or knee pads, a hockey helmet. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Whatever. You know. It was fun to watch. First rodeo that I've been to that was like a real rodeo. Ours was kind of like a self participant knucklehead one, <laughs> knucklehead rodeo, <laughs> and, and Sarah Legacy Rodeo. Yeah, okay. this one was like a real one where people were doing it for money. That's
2: awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. So uh, let's go ahead and you know transition to you know our critically acclaimed uh, one of our best segments, our recurring segments, the curbside story. So Andrew. Uh, you've been rumored to have a curbside story about your experience in yes. Wyoming.
0: So I mentioned this earlier. We went whitewater rafting in okay. Jackson Hole. Um, this was a boat of 14 people. There was 12 of uh, family members, and then there was a couple, uh, a mom and a son in the boat as well. Um, and then there was the guide. The guide's name was Fletch. Fletch. Just a man. Nice. And he sat in the back with his two big old oars. Felt like he was doing all the work, but, you know, we're just we're helping him out, maintain the speed. Um, and he'd been out there for twelve years now, so he knew this river like the back of his hand. He's yeah. such a savvy vet when it comes to finding the sp- like the right spots in the river where you hit a big like in depth oh, I mean, and, and you're just engorged with water. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, so there was this. We're one- clearly
2: not whitewater rafting guys. So big waves and stuff. Yeah, I mean, getting wet.
0: Tsunamis. I don't know. It was oh, coming out of nowhere. That's class five. Class five. I think the actual the highest was a three, but it was okay. sweet. That's dope. Um, but there was one where he hit us perfectly, and um, the middle of the boat just like sunk into the. Um, white water raft, whatever you call it, just perfect in the water perfectly, so it kind of like folded the boat folded up a little bit like a v like a v exactly, okay. and then um it snapped back, and I was facing the front, but my dad had just rotated his like body to shift to so look was he behind on the left him. side he was on the left side he okay. would just turned shift his body looked behind him and and he sees our um Guide Fletch just get launched straight out of the boat like, like a slingshot, oh, and man. he just gets flown out, and none of us see it right away. And then we get out of the like the the rapid, and we're floating easy for a second, yeah. and we're like. This feels lighter for some reason. And my mom turns around and goes, Where's Fletch? And then you just see him like swimming back, (laughs) just trying to get back to the boat. We were just geeking, like, What do we do? Like, do we man the oars? (laughs) Are we supposed to save him or something? And he just like swam back and uh, jumped back in right before we hit the next rapid. But we were all like, No way, the guy just got flung. Who would have (laughs) thought? So Um, that was gnarly. It was gnarly. What what did Fletch say when he got back on? Fletch was kind of shocked. He had never been launched out of a a rapid perfectly like that. But he was pumped because he's like, I don't think I've hit a rapid quite like that before. You guys were hauling in there, like, we hit mm, it perfectly, and he good. just got slung. <laughs> so I, I've i been rafting a few times, you know, being, being from Colorado, and
2: it's a great, uh, so I have a family of seven, and, you know, what better thing to do than man an entire raft with a family of seven? Mm-hmm. So we always go rafting out in, on the Colorado River all the time, and it is... Talk about something that is just, like, high intensity, just your adrenaline's going at all times, especially when you're in, like, the rapids. Yes. Because you've got to be on it, dude, the whole time. And Absolutely. So, one time, uh, we, so, when there's big rocks, the water sucks you under, so on the opposite side, so usually, um, you'll go over the rock and then get sucked under, and you have to put, um, basically, you have to push yourself up and over the rock, that way you don't get sucked under by the water that's okay. going underneath the rock. So one time, uh, I remember I was probably around 6th or 7th grade, and we got the whole family on board, and uh, we actually flipped our entire raft over a rock. And let me tell you, uh, there's not any times uh, that you have with your family where it kind of feels like you're on the beaches of Normandy, and you don't know where anybody is, and uh, you're trying to get everyone accounted for. Yeah, so we had to like flip the whole raft. Yeah. We had to do all this. I mean, by the time we all kind of floated down to like that easier part of the river before it all, you know, mm-hmm. unfolded on us. But nonetheless, it was uh, quite the experience. A little Dunkirk feel there. A little Dunk Dunkirk. Where are we going? Dunkirk. All right, and that was Dunkirk. So great, great curbside story.
0: Great curbside story. I recommend everyone going to Wyoming at some point in their life. We didn't get to Yellowstone, but. Grand Tetons, amazing time. Looking forward to the next adventure out west. Absolutely. I love the west. So, uh Trap and the Puck here. Um,
2: we are going to call this one... Oh, wait, no. We've already done this segment before. Uh, Duties as podcasters. Yes. So, you know, there are stories out there necessarily that we don't like to talk about, but as podcasters, you know, as uh, people who get the, the, the word out there, um, we have to do this. So, um, this one's actually a little bit better, though. I kind of like this one. Um, so, Facebook pulled the plug on its commu- computer uh, automation because it was getting too smart. So, they basically started this thing that had a, um, it was like a Siri or like an Alexa inside your a group message for Facebook, and mm-hmm. it would, uh, you know, help you out wherever you needed, but it became too smart, and... Uh, and the way it became to too plug. smart,
0: it was starting to create its own language,
2: right? which is kind of freaky. Ooh, we don't want that. No. So. And that kind of alludes to, uh, you know, Elon Musk. You know, he's always out on the, out in the media, and he's always getting his, getting his word out there. And he said, um, you know, maybe it's our duty as humans to pass off um, to the next generation of humans um, to computer automation. So, one thing that a lot of people don't know is electric circuits run 20 times faster than brain circuits. So when you can program and train. Or basically, uh, the closer and closer we get to programming a brain, which is what automation is, AI, computer AI is whatever it refers to, uh, uh, basically once we're able to uh, program a human. So Siri right now is kind of our most commercialized human right now. And so when you ask her a question, she can respond and look up stuff for you. Well, um, if we're able to start uh, basically furthering that, the further we go... It basically can develop its own conscience and brain, and all, our development, you know, it takes about—I don't know how long it takes for a kid to talk. Probably how long? When when? How long until your first word? Is it? I want to say like
0: two, two. Ooh.
2: Is is that sure. too early? May, probably too late. Okay, but let's say two. So say the first word. Yeah. So, well, I don't care either way. So, it takes us a while to learn a language. It takes us a while to be professionals, right? More than more than a year. Well, these brain circuit or these electric circuits run much faster than our brain circuits, and that, and because of that, they can uh, computer automation can learn much faster than us and process things much faster than us. Which is why the development could be uh, very scary. Which is why Facebook had to pull the plug on their thing because they had uh, their own thing they created starting to develop its own language, and they couldn't track it. So that's how fast it was going. Wow. Yeah, so that takes me to, um, you know, something that people might forget. And people are saying computer AI, computer AI this, computer AI this. Well, he, as as a podcaster and, you know, as a friend of my co-host, Andrew and Sarah, otherwise known as AI, uh, you know, I get kind of confused. So, um, computer AI uh, yeah. is a lot different than, uh, human
0: AI and podcaster AI yeah when I consider computer AI I think of myself on the computer okay I was thinking maybe your laptop was computer AI okay it's pretty efficient but it's it's average I would say it is average you know I can I got iMovie and GarageBand (laughs) but I'm not I don't got Final Cut Pro I mm-hmm. don't no. got the next level garage man, whatever that would maybe. Yeah, like on my computer, uh, I have like Microsoft Office.
2: That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I edit stuff on there, uh, but I don't have Photoshop. Exactly. No. So we're not doing that. No. Um. So yeah, but here's another thing: is you know if so, if you were a computer, Andrew, if you so there are different versions of yourself. You have human AI, and you also have computer AI. So what would computer AI do? Uh, maybe to advance the world, what is your what like what what would
0: you do computer a i it's a great question I would probably you know make everything just a little bit easier, but i wouldn't go overboard and take over anything that 's
2: a great point so i wouldn't i would i agree with that I would just say i would make i wouldn't we wouldn 't come out with a brand new technology nothing nothing crazy mm-hmm. I would just make everything routine that you do just just a little easier yeah like getting out of bed making I'm, a cup of coffee yeah um, making your breakfast, uh, remembering to set your alarm for the next day. Um, stuff like that. I would love to, uh, make, or making your lunch, writing a thank you note for your grandparents. That is great. Yes. And so, you know, computer AI is there for you. Boom. I'll write one for you. No problem. Um, maybe, uh, when you go to liquor store and you don't know what exactly you want, you could just type in and say, Hey, I want a 12 rack, or a twelve pack uh blue moon and then it gives it to you just right then there.
0: Like a little hot oven.
2: Ooh. Yeah, a little boop, there it is. Cold oven, hopefully. Cold oven. Oh, maybe we speed up the time to make a tombstone pizza.
0: Oh. Miraculous.
2: Yeah. So there there's a lot of hidden minutes in that in that pizza. You gotta have ten minutes to heat it up mm-hmm. and then you gotta have another twelve minutes. Well why don't we turn that into two? I know there's microwaves, but it doesn't taste as good.
0: Yep. <laughs> Well, maybe if it's pouring rain outside and you want to use the grill, it'd make it easier somehow. Ooh, maybe yeah, you don't have to go outside.
2: Um, maybe uh, we just make everything waterproof so we don't have to use umbrellas. Because personally, I hate umbrellas. Yes. I'm not an umbrella guy. I'm not the nerd who's who has my umbrella stuffed in my backpack uh, 360 days out of the year for the five days of rain, times of rain mm-hmm. every year. I'm not about
0: that. Yep. Um, maybe it helps you out with a blister you have on your foot. Yeah.
2: or maybe, uh, when you're running late to class, you know, you woke up a little late. This could be relatable for most people in college. Uh, we could definitely, uh, maybe just hit a little transportation button and you get there in two minutes instead of 12. So
0: Hmm. maybe something to chew on. It's good. Good little podcast right Uh right here. Yeah. So
2: sorry. We have really good ideas. Um, yeah. If anyone wants to use them, uh, just make sure you tag, uh, decal and AI at the back
0: pocket podcast. Right on. Absolutely. So, in the Puck, that was a fantastic segment. We're going to hit home our interview, and we got to give you guys a backstory because this was a long time coming. Jason Morrow, we finally got him on the podcast. Jack, take it away. Yeah, so Jason Morrow is currently the Tennessee Titans' tight end.
2: He is an NFL uh, player. Um, well, I guess that would make sense for the people who don't know who Tennessee Titans are. Anyways, but so uh, about three or four years ago, um, you know, recurring guest Gabe Fyten and I, uh, we run, we currently run a, uh, we co-own a fantasy team, and our senior year of high school, uh, we we had the mystery relevant pick, and so we were scrolling through, um, during our draft, by the way, uh, scrolling through, uh, you know, the list of players, and you know, we scrolled through pretty far, and uh, we pull up on this guy named Jason Morrow. And so, you know, we pulled him up. We were like, who the heck is this guy? He doesn't have a player profile picture. So we, uh, you know, did a quick Google. We're like, wow, this guy's actually pretty sweet. Uh, So Jace played at Texas Tech. Uh, We talked to him a little bit about about that in the podcast. But then, anyways, uh, we basically draft Jace. He's very, at this point, he's very underrated and average player uh, who got picked in the second round by the Jets. So uh, Gabe and I both draft him. He's the backup uh, for the Jets at the time. Um, we didn't really play him. His first touchdown catch ever was against the Broncos, and we actually started him that week, so that was great. Um, But anyways, the way I was able to talk to Jace was we had hit, Gabe and I had always been hitting him up on uh, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, We followed him both, and then everything he would tweet, we would respond with something dorky and just funny, telling him about he's on our fantasy team. Eventually, Jace thought this was funny, and so he followed us back. And so on our, if you look on my Twitter right now, um, I haven't changed it since, but my description for my profile uh, to this day has always had Jason Samaro's biggest fan on there. And ever since we drafted him, we, we changed it to that, and I think he really appreciates it. Maybe he doesn't even know, but anyways. Uh, so then Jay started hitting me up uh, when I started playing football here at St. Thomas, and we kind of developed a nice connection there. Um, then when we started the podcast back in February, um, I hit him up then. And it basically took me until... Uh, about 2 weeks ago to get his number and uh, get
0: him on the show. So um anything anything from the interview that you loved? I absolutely love just how patient and how like accepting he was towards all of our questions and everything. I you know, he has no obligation to reach out to us and talk to us. Yeah. But he took time out of his day. He'd actually just finished time at um the Salvation Army yeah. where he was passing out ice uh what was it, ice cream snow cones? Snow cones. Yeah. He's a he's a good guy. So enjoy. We uh, we Thoroughly enjoyed. Oh, yeah. Jace was great. So, let's go ahead and kick it to it. Today we have a, an NFL tight end, actually our third tight end here on the podcast. He is a second-round draft pick from the New York Jets out of Texas Tech, where he was All-American. Let's welcome Jason Morrow. Welcome, Jace. Hey,
2: guys. Thanks for having me on. No problem. So, uh, first question, uh, we do this with all our guests. Um you know, being an average podcast, doing everything that we do, um, what makes you average? Um, uh,
1: I mean, I would say, you know, from a daily life, uh, you know, aspect, maybe, uh, maybe just a girlfriend. I mean, I've only had uh, one girlfriend in my life, so, uh, and that was six years ago. Um, maybe having a little trouble, uh, you know with the communication skills, I guess.
2: And you know, no worries, might be. just you
1: uh, know, um, you know, it's just part of the process. Uh, just going out there and, and you know, just um, trying. I mean, I guess I, I'm not a big uh, Instagram DM kind of guy. I just like to go up to uh, go up to them, but I guess that kind of scares them away now because everyone everyone's so titled to to make sure you have like a. A uh, thesis before you, you send your direct messages to them. So, uh, for me, I just think that uh, the world now is kind of revolving around social media a little too much, where people get uh, get off you know get off guard when um, when you just go up to them trying to have a little ca- casual conversation. So,
0: it's, it's definitely an intimidating thing. But you're looking at two traditional men over here who also are fearsome of going up to women in that regards as well yeah so uh, um, we so you're probably your your
2: average skill would be uh, talking to women is that what we're gonna say
1: uh, um, I feel like I got really good skill at talking to them it's just getting to talk to them you know like I'm not afraid to go up to talk to them it's more just the fact that they might just think I'm weird to go up to talk to them so it's like kind of like it's like a uh, you know it's like a paradox deal where you know you try going out to talk to somebody and they don't want to talk to you. And, you know, maybe this is, like I said, it, everyone is so entitled to make sure that, from text messaging to, uh, to, to, I don't know, Facebook or direct messages on Instagram. It's just, uh, that's just kind of a new, uh, new world we live in. So,
0: sure. so I got to ask. More so
1: the fact, it's more so the fact that, I've really only been in a relationship for about two months my entire 25 years of living, so wow. maybe that's what makes me average. So I gotta ask, how,
0: how did that relationship start?
1: Uh, high school. Um, she was just one of my really good friends, and we dated for a few months and then went to college, and I was that, really, so never really just just kind of played the field after that. Just, you know, had the college fun life. Uh, and then just kind of, you know. But nowadays, you, there's so much things. You get there's a lot more risk. There's a lot more risk than there is reward. Uh, going into the, to to doing those things, maybe staying a little too late at night, going to the bars a little too much. So I try to stay away from all that stuff.
2: Oh yeah, you bring up That's a great much point. As well, uh, I'll tell you what, Jace. Uh, you come out to St. Thomas, out in St. Paul. Uh, we'll show you a great time. A lot of, a lot of really good-looking girls here. Um, maybe they, maybe they'd slide into your DMs. Uh, we have, we have a few connections here, not to brag, uh, being you know football players. So all the, you know, all the girls like football players here. So I don't know how it was at Texas Tech, but you know. Yeah, just,
1: I might, well, uh, I might have to, I might have to hop in the old teleporter and uh, just teleport on up there. Well, well. Yeah, yeah up and get it going. Okay. So, the oil, you know, change the oil and
2: stuff, so we'll see. Absolutely. All right, cool. So, you know, moving on here. Thank you for that, by the way. Great average quality. I love that. Um, so now, uh, just, so we, we kind of pride ourselves on tight ends. Uh, we've had two tight ends on the show before. a uh, Little less athletic and a little smaller than you, um, but... We just wanted to ask you, uh, you know, in the NFL now, the the evolution of the tight end is, you know, always evolving, as you know. Um, So how are uh, tight ends kind of viewed now in the NFL, in the locker room, um, with your teammates and things like that?
1: Well, like you said, you know, it's always, you know, evolving, you know, every single year there's, you know, the whole NFL is evolving. So you kind of have to adapt to it, Uh, but kind of on the tight end aspect, there's, the guys that can block, there's the guys that can catch, and then there's rarely the guys that can do both. So it's, it's, um, it's kind of going to the guys that really can do both kind of stick out the most. in the NFL. I mean, there's a, but I think, you know, obviously for the most part, the guys who can catch kind of get the, you kind of get the names in the paper. So, um, it's just, you know, there's a mixture of, of aspects between the guys that can do both. But, um, I mean, obviously the guys, you want to catch the ball, you want to score touchdowns and stuff, you know, and stuff like that. So uh, you you really want to be able to do both to get on the field and be able to play. You know, because there's always that one guy you can just catch and, you know, the coaches, you know, specify plays for them and and stuff like that. But, you know, the guys that that can do both are really the ones that are able to do the most in the NFL, you know, longevity-wise. So uh, to me, I think – it's definitely an evolution game. I mean I've I've started to finally pick up on the blocking scheme and stuff. I didn't really do that in college, so um yeah, you know, I'm excited for this year and, and, and for the for the plans that, you know, Tennessee titans have for me, so
0: do you feel like in the locker room you get categorized more with the O line or more with the receivers?
1: Uh, it's just you gotta be able to like, you know, it's kind of a both thing. You gotta be able to block like a oh, line and you gotta be able to sign a receiver, so Um, You know, for me personally, maybe receiver, because I guess I'm more of a receiving guy, but uh, you know, we do a lot with the the linemen as well, so it's definitely you know, a 50-50 kind of deal, like I said Tennessee's kind of a different team, um, where they, 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 they have a lot of pride with their tight ends, you know, our head coach was a tight end, he used to play he played back, you know, way back when and was a tight end for eight years, eight seasons and so he knows you know, what it takes to be a successful guy, and he expects all
2: of the tight ends to be able to do both, so. Sweet. So uh, um, kind of transitioning here, um, just out of curiosity from, you know, the guys from the back pocket um, being kind of Midwesterners. Um, for myself, I'm from Denver, kind of group around there. Football is pretty average there. And then Andrew, he's from Chicago, which is a little big, of, bit bigger of a deal, but you're from Texas, which is uh, – the biggest of deals when it's, it comes to high school football. It's
0: Mecca in, in Texas. Yes.
2: Yeah, so uh, we just kind of wanted to ask you, uh, is, is high school football in Texas, is it what everyone says it is?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty pretty big. I mean, you got stadium out here, you know, kind of pushing $25,000 uh, from high school stadiums. It costs a lot of money. and um, I mean, every game that I played in high school, there was at least 10,000 people there. Um, my last game in the playoffs and it was played at our district stadium um, here in San Antonio Texas uh, there's about 25,000 people there so uh, you know it, it's huge I mean you, you play football because you're in Texas and then and you know football is king in Texas and, and that's just the way it's been for too long you know so um, there's always a lot of There's a lot of great players that have come through Texas that play Texas high school football and it, it, Kind of just like you got that battle between Florida, California, and uh, Texas on um, supposedly who's the better state. I mean, obviously, every every state's a little different. I mean, Florida probably made, might, you know, Florida might have, it kind of is traded with them, what they got the stats of players. Uh, California, I think, is kind of similar to Texas, but I mean, who really knows? But I, I just know that here in Texas, you know, people shut down, you know, businesses and small towns just just to be able to go watch you know the high school the local high school team uh wherever
0: that may be so yeah that's incredible we have one player here at st thomas from texas and he says the exact same thing so it's really good to get that same perspective um so, and did you know that you wanted to continue playing football in college in texas where were that was that where you're getting your major like looks and where is that where you wanted to go uh, well
1: to Texas Tech, so and I kind of grew my my dad's from Lubbock, so I grew up pretty much a Texas Tech fan from you know from day one. So um, it wasn't necessary that I wanted to play. In fact, it was just the fact that I just loved Texas Tech so much, and, and that was my dream school, and that's where I wanted to be at. Um, I mean, obviously, if, if, if I didn't, if I hadn't grown up there, you know, whatever was the best situation or you know whatever was the best thing for me throughout college or would have been throughout college. Uh, Obviously, it would have been a different choice, perhaps. But, you know, obviously, I don't know that. It was just something where both my parents went to Texas Tech, so um, I just wasn't up with it.
2: That's great. So you're a legacy. Um, So you um, were recruited by Tommy Tuberville, correct? Yes. Okay, and then um, two years under Tommy Tuberville, and then Cliff Kingsbury came in, Uh, correct? Is that also correct? yes yes okay we do our research at the back pocket so not to brag but I'm glad we, I'm glad we nailed that um, so I guess just talk to me a little bit about uh, your college uh, career the three years you are there and um, maybe talk more about your final year where um, you were actually really close to setting an NCAA record for yards and touchdowns correct but uh, anyway just talk to us about it I'm interested to see how, how that all went down
1: um, well I mean, kind of fast forward into my second year at Tech. Um, you know, I was having a really good year. We, you know, going to the sixth game, we were 4-1. and one. We had lost Oklahoma the week before. Um, and, you know, we are playing West Virginia at, in Lubbock. And, you know, they were ranked, I think, number two or three in the nation. You know, they had Geno Smith uh, uh, and the two receivers. I uh, can't remember the names. Um, but anyways, you know, they're Undefeated, I think they were five and zero. They were supposed to be, you know, the front runners win the Big Twelve, and they had just entered the Big Twelve the year before. So this was their first season in the Big Twelve Conference. And um, you know, I, I was, I was still summer. I still hadn't had, a, had a, like a really, really great game. Um, ended up having like 150 yards the first half uh, and a touchdown off three catches. And right before halftime, maybe 30 seconds left, I went up for the ball. And, you know, they were playing, you know, three deep, you know, safety, right down the middle, one high, came on, just hit me right between my ribs and uh, right under my ribs. So I lacerated my spleen, so I'm out for three months. Um, And throughout that, we, you know, I think we were 5-1 after we beat West Virginia. Um, And we kind of went on a little downhill skid, lost a few games that we that were really close in overtime. Uh, that kind of came to the last second. You know, we could have been, you know, ten and three maybe that year. Um, we had a really good team, just kind of just didn't finish. You know, we needed to finish, and and um, all of those results, you know, ended up making you know, terrible, uh, he ended up leaving. You know, kind of on a kind of on a weird deal. Like I wasn't even there when he told us that he was leaving. So, you know, coach you know, Coach Kingsbury comes in, you know. We have, uh, I wouldn't say as skilled of a team as we did before, but, you know, we still have some really great players. You know, he comes up to me and I was like, hey, I, I need you to take me, you know, to New York City, you know, talking about, you know, Heisen. And, and I was like, man, what are you talking about? Blah, 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 you're crazy. <laughs> and, um, you know, he's out. You're going you're gonna to catch 100 balls this season. I, I promise you that. And, and that. and then the year before, I would only caught maybe like 25. So 100, 100 catches seemed kind of unreal to me. Um, and so we started the season and, um, you know, not ended up catching 106 passes you know, for almost 1,400 yards, um, you know, breaking a lot of records. So, I mean, it's a great year. Um, you know, I mean, you know, Kirk Kingfair is still very close. Talk to him, um, maybe every other day. And then he's, you know, we're still really close. You know, he's always asking me things about football. I'm always asking things, him things about, you know, what he thinks I should do here, or there or whatever. Um, He's got a great, you know, football IQ, and, and it's good to to, to scratch his service and see what he what he knows. And, and obviously, you know, going going to the NFL, you learn a lot more, a lot quicker, uh, because you're playing against a lot better players. So you got to be able to be on your game. So with the Texas Tech, um, I mean, it was a great last year there. Uh, I'm, I'm glad where I'm at now, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad I was able to do what I did at Texas Tech.
0: Yeah, that's an awesome story. Um, what's What's funny about that is. I actually uh, lacerated my spleen as well in high school. Um, I was playing with mono, and I didn't know it. Um, I caught a ball over the middle. I was, over, I was uh, extended, and someone hit me right below the ribs. It was actually fourth down and six, going into the score of the game-winning touchdown, and I caught the ball, and I got just smacked. Um, we ended up winning that game. But it was, that's funny that you also—I was out three four months. It was, some of, the, it was the, some of the worst pain I've ever had in my life. Oh yeah It's bad um, I gotta ask also About Cliff Kingsbury Who's better looking Yourself or Cliff Kingsbury Hot take
1: <laughs> Well if I say myself You're gonna think I'm bragging But if I don't say uh, It's me Then you're gonna think I'm lying so. <laughs>
2: Well as podcasters We cut, we do ask the Lose-lose questions So yeah
1: Sorry so, uh, I'm just gonna leave it at that
2: Okay <laughs> <laughs> Smart Smart man Um, I, I have another question for you here. Um, out of your three years, where was, where was the best stadium atmosphere you played in? I always want to know. Wait, say that again. Best stadium that you ever played in, in college.
1: Oh, in the NFL? Well,
2: college, college, just college.
1: Um, Oklahoma, I would say, um, you know, we won there my freshman year, beat them and snapped their, and they had like a 52 game win streak, you know, around there or something like that. we snapped it. Go in there my junior year, undefeated, number, ranked number 10 in the nation. Um, and I don't think I've ever heard a stadium hotter than, than that game. Wow. And, I mean, we, we ended up losing by a touchdown. It's a really good game. It was a really good game. We went back and forth for the last few minutes. And, the, you know, unfortunately we didn't um, – we, we weren't able to win. But, you know, that was a one of great experience. I mean, sold out. Uh, you know, it was it was just the atmosphere you've always wanted to play in. Uh, to where you're not even able to hear a thing, but when you do make a big play, you know the crowd just totally goes silent. So it was just something that um, that I'll keep. You know, regardless of that we lost, yeah, right that on. We lost. It's still it's still a great it's still a great fun experience for me.
2: Absolutely. Um, so I have a very specific question here. I'm gonna go ahead and take you down memory lane as a Raider. Um, the Monkey Car Care Bowl in 2012. Um, do you recall that game? Uh, 2012.
1: What game was
2: it? The your bowl game in
1: 2012.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so we have we had just got on uh, one of our coaches who um, was on that Gopher team that you guys played, um, and we all know, being Jace fans, uh, that you uh, got thrown out of that game for uh, punching. Derek Wells um, after you pancaked him into the end zone want to want to apologize
1: I want you to apologize yeah
2: to Derek Wells
1: um, uh, nah, nah <laughs> he, made me, he made me miss uh, half again.
2: yeah there you go so uh, I guess um, did you guys end up winning that game by the way we did okay we did. okay Cool. I just would I just wanted to know if you remembered that or not, because I thought that, that was one of my favorite things. Why? Uh, so why'd you punch him? Um,
1: I don't, It was just more of like a little tussle. So I wouldn't say a punch. <laughs> um,
2: it's a football play. It
1: was just. It was. You know, your, your mind goes where your football. You know, yeah. It's I
0: football mean, play. Simple as that. Uh,
1: yeah. Who knows? You know, it was just reaction. I don't know.
0: So then you ended up foregoing your senior season after this. Was that that was your junior season, junior year, or was that sophomore year? Oh, sophomore year, I'm pretty sure. Sophomore year. Yeah. Sophomore year. So then you had your junior year, okay. And then you ended up foregoing your senior year. What went into that decision? Was that a, a pretty stressful time in your life?
1: Uh, I'm, I think the decision was that fact that um, that we were just young. We we're losing a lot of guys on defense. The quarterbacks, you know, were. Uncertain. We had a lot of, we had a, kind of a quarterback carousel that year from Mayor's West to Baker Mayfield, back and forth, back and forth. So just never felt secure. I mean, even though we, I played really well, I wasn't sure about a lot of things, and, and that's kind of what led um, to my decision. So, okay. So, hey, can you guys give me, can you guys hear me 15 seconds? Yeah, yeah, go
2: ahead. Yeah, no worries. It's coming to the the phone now. Or
0: do we ask him? Oh no, we're going to talk about this forever. We don't need to. We don't want to. to. You don't want to? I don't know. I'm starting to feel bad. That's how long I'm taking, but he's answering these questions pretty awesome. What was Matt doing?
1: Yeah,
0: there's a drive by Yeah. Yeah. Oh, should
1: we ask? Should we ask him about it? Sorry about
2: that. No problem. No, you're good. Um, so Texas Tech, just one last question about Texas Tech. Uh really good quarterbacks there. Um power power rank your top quarterbacks between uh David Webbs and Patrick Mahomes. Who's who's your favorite out of those two? Or Baker Mayfield, uh, I guess technically too.
1: Just the ones I played with, or kind of just all time.
2: All time, right now. What are you looking at?
1: Um, you know, obviously Pat put up the best numbers, but I just I'm a big win loss kind of guy. You know, like you know the guy that can pull off upset. I don't, you know, to me I just don't. You know, they had a couple. They had one good year. They started last year. Didn't really play, he played about half the season in the year. Had some really good games. But, um, I mean, it's hard not to say, you know. Uh, Kingsbury, maybe. I mean, Kingsbury, Pat, then maybe. Uh, I don't know, actually. Well, Graham Hill. I, I mean, i thought Graham Hill, number one. Then Pat. I don't know. Then, I don't know. Cliff Kingsbury. Maybe Davis after that. I mean, I mean, the guys that are getting fast high are getting drafted for a reason, you know. So it's, it's, uh, um, uh, I think the only knack on Pat, you know, is that he, did, I don't think he ever beat a ranked team. So that's, that's kind of interesting to me. That, I mean, usually, Texas Takes kind of known for upsetting at least, uh, one team a year. Don't, I don't believe he ever beat a ranked opponent. So if he would to beat a few ranked guys, I mean, he would probably have been number one uh, for sure, but besides that fact, I think uh, that's like his only, uh, his only con. So.
0: Okay, I respect that. Uh, we, we Actually, our producer's name is Steve Harrell, and he was really appreciative of you calling, uh, picking Graham Harrell with the same last name. No relation.
2: Not only that, but he was also in the Green Bay Packers organization, and I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, so I'm a big Green Bay Packer. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, we'll cut that, though. So. <laughs> Anyways. Um... So you ended up getting drafted by the New York Jets. And I got to ask, this is the first time you end up playing football out of your state um, for that. like The home team wasn't in Texas anymore. Um, was that a big transition? Uh, I
1: mean, it was, it was obviously New York City is different, you know, I and mean, the media is really aggressive there. It's probably the most aggressive media you're going to find, possibly America. I mean, actually. America, but maybe even the world concerning sports, yeah, everyone out there seems like they are journalists, you know, from Twitter to Instagram to whatever it may be. Podcasts.
2: Um, yeah, podcasts. Don't forget oh, that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> podcasts. Uh, but, you know, I enjoyed it. I liked New York City. It was great. I mean, I was about forty five minutes outside of the city, so uh, sometimes it was tough getting in there and out. But at the same time, you know, it was definitely a, a good experience, whether I've always liked New York City. Um, definitely would love to live in Manhattan, but, um, at some point in my life, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't, I don't think it was too big of a transition
0: for me. Well, is there a, a media request that you, that can you draw from your memory bank that you, um, actually enjoy doing? Cause I know you're probably not enjoying this interview. <laughs> uh,
1: no, I, I feel, I've, I've always enjoyed interviews and stuff. Um, yeah, you know, just, yeah, whoever needs, I mean, this is their job, you know, Journalist's job, it's the reporter's job to ask the question. So,
2: yeah, it's so our fiduciary duty. So.
1: Trying to make their life a little easier. You know, I know how tough it is out there. I mean, they might ask, you know, kind of rhetorical questions or whatever, but at the same time, you know, they don't know what goes on in between, you know, the lines. And, and, it, and for the most part, and sometimes, you know, they might give wrong descriptions, but, you know, it's forgiving. I'm not a guy to be mad about something that someone might say or, or, or get you know upset about you know whatever they might report or whatever. So it's just to me, it's just you know try, just trying to help their career out or help whatever they need be in their reporting aspects or whatever it may be.
2: So, well, uh, maybe a suggestion. Uh, maybe just be more of an asshole to media, uh, just because girls like assholes. So, just <laughs> a thought. Um, another that's question for you, bad though. One. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, Nice guys finished last. Um. So, uh, when you so dr- take me back to uh, draft day, and kind of that whole your emotions, stuff like that, and then like how how was it actually getting booed by New York Jets fans? Because you know they always boo everyone that they draft.
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, I I wasn't even paying close attention enough to even I've even heard them boo or whatever they have been on TV or whatever. I mean, you, you're they, they call you. Beforehand, um, like two or three picks before, and say, "Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna get you this pick." Or, um, so I already knew, like uh, I think two or three picks before that I even got picked. So the same, I mean, uh, I don't. It didn't really matter to me, like if they it or they cheered or if they, they cried or if they, you know, it, I don't know. <laughs> it's Just you know what it, what it is, is it is what it is. You know, so at the same time, you know, I was glad that it was you know, a New York Jedi. I
0: loved, uh, you know, the few years I was there, and it was it was great for me. Awesome. I, um, with you playing in New York City, big city, uh, I, I've been there a few times, and it's overwhelmingly uh, large at times, for sure. Uh, during your experience there, do you would you say you have two roses and a thorn, like two positives and a negative, for us for, at New in playing in New York City?
1: Uh, to find that many restaurants in a small, you know, a small area, but it's not even just that, it's more of a diversity of each restaurant, and, and that you can't ever really go to the same place twice, you know, and get the same experience, so that was, you know, great, um, uh, I love, I love the city, I, I'm a big, uh, museum guy, um, going to, like, all the little, you know, art shows and, and stuff like that, um, uh, but I guess the storm probably traffic,
0: Sure. Yeah, too many that, people
1: there. Too many people there. Too many, too many people in a hurry. Yeah, they get they get angry if you're spending uh, a sweet time. So getting in people's probably, way. That's probably, <laughs> probably the
2: worst part about it. Wow, that's that's interesting uh, that you you brought up m- museums. I'll we'll have to add that to your Wikipedia page. Um, but uh, what's your favorite museum? I'm interested. Um, I'm just
1: gonna stick with the hometown of San or the Woody Museum. You probably never even heard of it. <laughs>
2: Have, no, we have
1: it. Uh, what is it? It uh, actually just got redone, uh, so it's it's pretty cool. But they, it's uh, one of the more popular ones here in Texas. Uh, it's pretty big here. It's and pretty. It's got a notorious name to it. Um, they actually they have a lot of cool exhibits every few months, uh, so it, it's cool to you know be able to uh, to experience those here. Um, I, I might go you know twice a year when I'm here, so um, it, it, it's a good it's a good little deal.
0: It's interesting how you say uh, it, that museum is big because I hear everything is bigger in Texas. Can we confirm or deny on that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So,
2: uh, you know, going back to your NYC experience, um, having uh, Rex Ryan as a coach, uh, how was that?
1: Uh, Rex was great. I mean, he, he was a great guy. You know, really always engaged with the, with the uh, the players on the team, you know, with the coaches. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, we just we just didn't win enough games. My, my, year, uh, that, you know, it's just kind of a result of the league, you know, just, you know, whatever it may be, but, um, was a good experience. Uh, I mean, you know, great coach, you know, great even coordinator. Um, uh, and, and, you know, that's really it. Uh,
2: huh? Oh, I just stopped talking about restaurant. Steve, you got a question for him? So Jace, uh, I was just doing a little search into the web, and and I found that when you were playing when, under Rex Ryan, there was some uh, verbal conflict. Could you describe that a little bit? He uh, he called you a are uh, full of shit after, after um, you kind of talked about.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess uh, you know work get mixed up, you know. I'll... You know, kind of going back to the New York
2: media—that's just the way it is. Uh, I never had any community um, quarrel with, you know, Rex Ryan. You know, we left on a good note, and we're on a good note now, and that's really it. So. Cool. So, uh, you know, being uh, Rex Ryan, the uh, football guy that he is, um, I just—do you have any like crazy stories about Rex Ryan? Any kind of football guy kind of story?
1: Oh, uh, I mean. he was always funny, you know, in the meetings, um, you know, great guy, like, always trying to make us laugh and make sure that we, you know, felt, you know, positive and happy through the practices and, and stuff like that, you know, uh, but at the same time, you know, he, he kept it very serious to me or two, so, um, yeah, I, to me, the, the one year or the few months I was with him, there really wasn't too many crazy things going on uh, throughout the facility, so, but yeah, he was just a really player's coach kind of guy, and, and uh, I think all the players loved him, and he was a good, you know, he's a great coach, so
0: awesome um so transitioning to your next spot in your career uh playing for the tennessee titans uh hometown in nashville which they're known for country music i'm just kind of curious who's more of a country city or country state tennessee or texas
1: uh tennessee uh i would say because uh, i i'm from san i so you don't really see that i think maybe dallas might be more country than um you know, more of a country city, but San Antonio, often's real, I don't think Austin's, I mean, I go to Austin, Austin, uh, and Houston, and I don't think, it's, I would say Tennessee or the Central, yeah, probably
2: Tennessee. Sweet. Seems like it. So, uh, kind of looking forward here after your uh, first year in Tennessee, and, uh, you know, made the most of your opportunities, did what you could, um, how's it, how's it been uh, working under like a savvy vet like Delaney Walker and uh, as Mariota as your quarterback,
1: um, you know, me and Delaney are really close. You know, he, he's a great guy. You know, he's always telling me how to do this, how to do that. You know, he's obviously been in the league for a long time. Uh, and Marcus, you know, he's he's the guy. You know, puts his head down, puts his and just gets to work. And then that's what a great quarterback needs to do. Doesn't say too much, but but says enough at the same time. So um you know i think the whole team's just
0: really on the point where
1: they know what they want to accomplish sweet so uh you have anything else for um
0: i was going to ask you about fantasy football and i was curious if you play fantasy football
1: i do not play fantasy football i haven't played fantasy football since i was in high school okay i was terrible i think i got last place
2: well hey uh just a little background for our listeners here jace um me and me and my buddy Gabe, we own a co we co own a fantasy team, and uh, I'll be honest, our uh, senior year, we're going into our draft, and we were the number one pick overall, so we had the last pick in the draft, the mystery relevant, and uh, we drafted you, Jace. We chose you out of everyone, and uh, you know we we've bonded since then. Uh, we've grown up together, I'd say. Um, you've you've produced uh, a lot of wins for our team. Um, just as our little token on the bench. Um we've also started you a few times too. I remember all the days. Um you know, it's we've we've had a great history. So I just want to just want to thank you for that.
1: Well, I appreciate it. I'll, I'll make sure that i uh, keep that in my back of my mind when I'm at training camp. So I'll make sure I, I practice really well.
2: Absolutely, you thank guys. you, Jace. I appreciate that. Um you know, I'm, I'm 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 looking forward to a great season. Um you know, drafts coming up here. Um we're kind of nervous, don't know where we're going to pick you yet. Um but uh how how do you how are you feeling about the season?
1: Good. I mean, you know, last year was just kind of an up and down year. Um, the one game I did play, I really played in. Uh, you know, I think I led the game or, you know, in yards and receptions. But uh, you know, you know how it is. It just take some time. I wasn't there for OTAs or training camp, and that was kind of the bigger, That was the biggest issue with the Titans last year. Um, and so it just took some time for me to kind of you know obviously learn the offense whole new playbook but um and we had some guys that were playing really well on my vision so um uh i feel good about this season you know i, I you know it's just another year and then you just got to go into it that's knowing that you got to play well or, or that's that so um you know i feel good i feel like I'm, I, I'm i'm ready to go so it should it will be a good
0: year for me yeah the afc south is up for grabs kind of i mean it has been in the kind of in the past but Every team is usually fairly competitive in that division. Sure.
2: Yeah. Um, is uh, should I should I also draft Demarco Murray? What are your thoughts on that? Just a little fantasy advice.
1: Um, yeah, I mean Demarco. Me, me and Demarco, you know, we always going out to dinner and stuff. And, and I mean he's obviously mean, I would say top three or four running backs in the league. I mean, you know, we're a run heavy team, and uh, he's definitely going to be a big you know, a big focal point on our offense. So I'm not going to tell you what what to do, but um, I'll tell you what I do. Okay. I love that.
0: So kind of wrapping up this interview, we appreciate all the time you spent and given us so far. Um, We always end the interview with two questions. We ask our guests, a famous person they've met and you being the first famous person we've interviewed, maybe like an idol of yours that you end up meeting. Um, Just the best story maybe you got of meeting a famous person,
2: maybe someone in the NFL too. It doesn't really matter. Up to you. And then uh, also what did you learn today? But let's start with the famous person.
1: Um famous person, I've met uh, Tommy Lee Jones at a Spurs game before. I didn't really talk to him, but that's not as good a story as I got for okay. a famous
2: person. Okay. okay. Um how about uh I know you I know you uh, you and Gino were pretty close. Um and then I know Bryce Petty as well. Who's all-time big-time Baylor quarterback? Do you think he's ever going to get a shot in the NFL? Bryce or Gino? Bryce. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess it's up
1: for grabs right now for him. Uh, I talk to him. I talked I talk to him often. Uh, you know, who, who knows? You know, it's, like I said, it's just the best one available, and that's how it works. So, you know, I don't really know much about the Jets right now or, or what they're doing. but yeah. Um. I've, you know, I've seen him play for a few years, and you know, obviously, I think everybody's got a shot to a certain degree. But, um, I guess we'll see. You know, it's really up to him and and how he, um, you know, he takes his chances.
0: So, so our final question will be. Uh, it's it's kind of a hardball question. Put you on the spot a little bit. Uh, from the time that you've woken up today to right now, what have you learned?
1: Um, that handing out snow cones in the hot suns. It's hot. That's what I
0: learned. Okay, and they it's probably melted. Yeah, it's hot,
1: even though uh, you got a snow cone in your hand. So <laughs> that's what I learned
2: today. Is that your uh, off-season job? That is handing out snow cones, or what's the what's the what's the premise? Uh, no, I was
1: just helping out with Salvation Army today. Um, it's just, uh, it's just pretty hot over here in San Antonio, so just handing out snow cones to some some of the needy. So.
0: Always doing your fiduciary duty and giving back, we appreciate that. That's big time stuff, Chase.
1: Yeah, thank you, appreciate
0: it. Uh, So that pretty much concludes our interview. We really appreciate the time that you've given to us. Yeah, anytime, guys. And that was our interview with Chase. Thank you, Chase. We really appreciate all your time. Um, Hope you have a great season. Good luck with all your ventures. Yes, we'll have to get them on. Yes, by the way. So, moving right along we 'll tr- go on to the back end let 's hit home a recurring segment decal's eye in the Sky,
2: yeah, so these are things that maybe that I pick up on that not a lot of other people pick up on um, so this one um, this one 's a big story that came out or that is uh start starting to develop um, so Chipotle is has queso now and it 's not everywhere but it 's almost everywhere now it 's going to be expanding and being part of the integral brand that is Chipotle. Um, so everyone is very excited about this and everyone is wow, saying, wow, this is the next step for Chipotle. Now there's no longer a debate between Chipotle and Qdoba, which I think was a empty debate to begin with. Um, however, I think, um, you know, everyone said, why, why has Chipotle waited this long to get queso? And, you know, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense. Why not, you know, buy it and why not just have it, you know, just to trump the debate and get more people to come to your shop. Or to your your food place? Um, Well, I have the answer. Um, You know, as a decalzine sky, I I keep keep, uh, my eye out on some of this stuff. So um, the reason Chipotle got queso now is because the the price of cheese has reached an all-time low. And it didn't reach an all-time low just now when they released it. It released it back when they first started to um, consider this as an idea, which was back in March. So the price of cheese back then in March... Um, according to I think something in Wisconsin, which makes sense. That mm. seems like pretty WisconsinDairy.com, yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, very uh, credible source. Given that uh, you know the cheeseheads in Wisconsin, you know everyone knows. Very credible. Yeah, very credible. Um, so it was about a dollar for forty pounds um, back in March of 2017. Um, I'm almost 100% confident that uh, Chipotle saw this and they're like, all right, this is our time to get the queso rumor started. And so they got their case of rumors started probably around in may, and then now they're really getting it released to all out to all their um stores or not stores what do they call fast food joints restaurants restaurants there you go sorry um restaurants uh now, so just uh, just keep stay woke on that there you go Chipotle. yeah we we're we're following you closely
0: yeah don't we, don't think you can uh get around these podcasters decal's eye is in the sky, oh yeah, all right. That concludes Decal's Eye in the Sky, and we'll finish this podcast like we always do, baby. Perfect. What did we learn in a feel-good story? Okay. Um, I could start with what I learned. Okay. I've been reading this new book, Tools of Titans, Tim Ferriss, and uh, it's got a bunch of people in it, just giving their two cents. And there's this one part on journalism, and it says, The point of journalism is the truth. The point of jur- journalism is not to improve society. There are things, there are facts, there are truths that are actually, that actually feel regressive, but it doesn't matter because the point of journalism is to make everything better. The, the, the point of journalism isn't to make everything better. It's to give people accurate information about how things are. Okay. And I feel like that transitions right to what we do. Um, we just tell it how it is. We don't we give our two cents, but with, at the end of the day, we're like, it's just an average point. We right. want to give our opinions, but we're really just telling everything how it is. How it is, exactly. So we're not the
2: guys, um, you know, maybe using others um, for our benefit. So, um, you know, ex- a, a great example would be ESPN uh, just nonstop talking about LeVar Ball. I mean, who the heck cares about this man? Not us. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just here to, you know, give you the information that matters to us most. Mm-hmm. And um, and it is the truth most of the time. I would argue. Yep. Um, and I and I appreciate that. You know, we are not uh, fake news. Uh, we can go ahead and put that out there. Um, be comfortable saying
0: that. I am comfortable uh, with that. So that's what I that's what I learned.
2: Yeah. How about you, Deck? And so uh, you know, so what I learned. Um, this came out. Uh, this was n- probably known by a lot of people uh, since 2011. I want to say, but uh, Dodge the the car company Dodge is not the same as Ram. So Dodge owns all normal cars and everything, but um, the Ram trucks are no longer Dodge Ram trucks. It is simply just Ram trucks. So Dodge is no longer a part of that, which is kind of wild. So if you ever look around and you see the new Ram truck, you'll see that original Dodge logo with the Ram. And then if you're looking at new, uh, you know, normal Dodge cars, then you'll see the words Dodge on it rather than uh, like the Ram symbol. Huh. So something to look out for there. Uh, I had no idea. Um, and now, they're, so there are two different companies, but it was it was since 2011. So.
0: That's good to know. You're always informing our listeners to be a little more savvy. Yeah, a little savvy when you're going out to buy a car.
2: You don't say, you don't ask for a Dodge Ram, otherwise you're going to get a 2011. You mm-hmm. want to get the new Ram truck. Boom.
0: How about you guys count how many times I say savvy in this podcast? Savvy.
2: Ooh. We said savvy at least 12 times. It's way too many. I like, right yeah. I like yeah. it, though. I like it. It's I, a good word. I kind of care about it. Yeah. So don't uh, don't, don't beat yourself over about that. You
0: know, that makes me feel good. Okay. Ooh. And how about, nice we, how about we make some of our marketing interns feel even better? Okay. With two feel-good stories. Okay. I feel like yours is a hard-hitting one. You go ahead and uh, take the lead. Yeah. In. So... You're gonna to have to give
2: your take on this after I tell the story because I don't okay. know if you're all too impressed with it. Sure. Um, so today, this is our, this is my feel good story. Um, this happened to me today. Um, so, you know, I'm coming home, uh, you know, from wherever I was uh, earlier today, um, and you know, Michael Hannon shoots me a Snapchat. Uh, nothing, no, no caption, no nothing. It was simply a drum kit, and I said, Michael, if we're gonna take the next step. Um, Oh, so Michael Hannon's one of my roommates. If, if, if this house is going to take the next step, 2075 is going to take the next step, we got to buy a drum kit. And so it was $100 at the thrift store. Um, you know, it's a six-person house, so we were looking at about 667 per person. Uh, and to be honest, that was a bad deal. I don't know if uh, I would want to do that. However, Mike had the great idea of Venmoing, requesting $5 from about 20 close friends. And let me tell you, I am not, I couldn't be more proud um, of the people who donated five dollars via Venmo to us, right. and so we got about in uh, counting right now we're at seventy dollars. So we paid basically uh, a little less than five bucks a person at the house for our drum kit, and it's worth it. And so we are causing a ruckus in our neighborhood. Um, I'm, who knows how long this is going to last for? But we didn't pay a hundred bucks, and a lot of people donated for us to get a drum kit. So.
0: Awesome. You want to hear my take? Yeah,
2: one word: savvy. Savvy. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Good work, Deck. Thanks, man. Thank you, Michael. Though
0: Mike, Michael Hannon, shout out, Michael Hannon. Great right, stuff. So, uh, uh, so my feel-good story is going to go back to the Wyoming trip. I mentioned that whitewater rafting already. Okay. Well, there was that family, um, Lili and her son Chuck, um, and they, so this was uh, a yeah, Chinese to, family. Okay, I hate to stereotype, but you know when you say Lili. They were a Chinese family. Okay. The mom spoke English. The son did not. Okay. So whenever he spoke there, she had to translate for the rest of us. This is That's got to be kind of hard for when you have to communicate pretty
2: fast on a, when you're exactly. out in Dunkirk,
0: uh, you know, s- rafting. Sure. Um, so there's the thing where you could ride the bull, they called it, where you'd sit at the very front of the raft with your feet over the raft, and you'd be holding onto a rope. And... Um, so he was sitting on the edge of the raft. This is Chuck. How old is this kid? About he's that? nine years old, but he's a pretty big nine-year-old. And his name was Chuck when his mom's Lili. Um, he said his name, and we weren't we, we thought we heard Chuck, so we started calling him Chuck. And then my mom was like, "Are you guys sure his name's Chuck?" And we're like, and then we asked Lili. Well, did, we couldn't make out what he said. Is what's his name? And he's like, Ch-, and she's like, Chuck is perfect. So he will <laughs> go. With Actually, Chuck. We, we're gonna call him Chuck now. Okay, so we <laughs> he accepted. We all were. It was approved. Um, so we called him Chuck. And he was sitting at the very front, riding the bull, holding on to this little rope. It was similar to my little mutton busting story almost, mm, okay. but he's hanging over, and this is in water though, so he's we're right water rafting and. Fletch in the back goes hold on tight we're about to hit a big one so we, he's holding on and uh, we hit this splash and all you see is just white water everyone's just covered in it and then we get out of the little <laughs> rapid and he's gone he's not a, he's, <laughs> Chuck is no more Chuck is gone and I like I'm the, the first person to make to, the, to make action on this so I stand up and I look over and I just see Chuck with a little smile on his face holding onto the rope right below the boat below it yeah. and he had a smile on his yeah, face yeah a little smile like that's had, a psycho it wolf. was the best thing he had experience oh my so i God. reach over and i just pull him right out of the water place him back up lily comes in hugging me i'm like i just didn't i just doing my fiduciary duty of helping as a, a fallen soldier and uh we saved chuck from he actually had a blast so i don't know if i really saved him but <laughs> he, i pulled him out of the water and uh it was a it was a feel-good story for sure
2: oh wow so
0: you made lily feel a little better yes
2: and uh we hope that we made our marketing interns and our listeners and everyone who enjoyed this episode I hope we made you guys feel a little better as well Um, so with that have a great Monday and we will see you next week
0: love you guys take care